I am so excited to welcome back my friend and fellow fitness and nutrition coach, Kim Platt. She's awesome. And she, uh, I just thought you would be such a great voice to kind of speak in to the struggle around the holiday season, Mm -hmm. which is what do I do with eating? What do I do with my weight loss goals? And that overarching fear of, oh my gosh, how do I avoid gaining weight? And I just, I think having the perspective from both a coach and also as a person who has fitness goals yourself, you know, and just kind of seeing how you tell your clients to navigate and how you personally navigate can be so powerful because um, it's a whole different perspective than I think most people have. So thank you for being my guest today. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So first of all, I would love to hear from you, like, because the big question I get from people is how do I navigate social situations? Because we know that during this time of year, we just had Thanksgiving at the time of this recording. And now we're going into the party Christmas season. Yeah. So that's the biggie is like, there's all this food, there's all these opportunities to eat. How do you tell your clients to navigate it? And how do you personally navigate like all the social situations? Yeah. And I think it comes down to a little mix of like mindset, but then also our behaviors, right? So oftentimes it's kind of leading into those social events where I had done in the past. I think a lot of women in general do a lot of that all or nothing piece, right? Like we get really restrictive because we're like, we're going to be really good this week, going to not eat a whole lot. And then the weekend, you know, like that social event comes and then it ends up being like a free for all and it goes swings the opposite way. And then there's a lot of those, right? So we're like restrict binge, that's the type of cycle that tends to happen. So it's a lot of all or nothing. So it's the mindset going into it. And then, you know, it happens before you go to the social event too, right? Because it's like you, you want to be having that foundational habits that are kind of like set in stone that you can go right back to afterwards. So it's like the work that's done before the social events, but heading into social events, my, my feeling is very much like you get to, you have to get to play around with it. Right. We have to remember that it's not like when we're a kid, you you get like thrown onto a bike and then all of a sudden you know how to ride a bike, right? You need to learn how to balance before you start riding a, a 10 speed. And so you have to give yourself a little bit of grace going into these social events. And I always think about telling my clients, like, let's be intentional, let's make a plan, and let's reflect on that plan. So my approach with clients may be things like if they are choosing to be in a weight loss phase, they may decide to, you know, like have higher days on the weekends and higher days on those social events. So they have a little bit more wiggle room. They may be at maintenance. So they have like a little bit of more calories to kind of fill with those times. And then also going into it, you know, deciding whether they want to pre-track if they're tracking, you know, or if they want to just like kind of leave a bucket of potentially like macros and calories that they can kind of fill with whatever they want, or if they just want to be mindful and not track at all. And they get to decide like what, what makes sense. But I think it all comes down to be that intentionality and planning ahead. I love that. And you said so much there that I want to unpack. Yeah, Um, I know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love the overarching idea, which I wholeheartedly believe into. And, and this is why it's so great to get your perspective because it is how people like you and I who remain fit and try to remain fit throughout the year without dieting and everything, it really goes down to intentionality. Like that becomes the sole focus of yeah. the strategy and of the moment. And that in, intentionality gives you freedom to be able to pick and choose like the focus and how you're not eating. The food isn't in control. The intention is in control. The intention can change. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So like you could have the intention one event to be like, I really don't want to overindulge too much. I really want to be careful because I don't really care about the food here. And you might have like a, an event where you're like, ah, my intention is to enjoy food and not overdo it, but I'm not going to count. I just want to enjoy myself. Right. Like it, it, yeah. it's a few when it comes to intentionality. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I think every, like you said, every scenario is different. Like a lot of times you may realize it's like, you know, if there's like food available, you're just like, make, if it's not a hell yes, then maybe it's a hell no. Right. And then other times when you're just like, don't even want to think about it and you want to just be mindful and listen to your body and just enjoy yourself. And there's like some parties that you don't even really care to, cause you don't want to be there anyways. And it's like, that's a great opportunity. Just like, you know, not indulge into some of the foods and just kind of like hang back and stay away. Yeah. I remember in the office when I used to work in the corporate world, it, I used to work in radio. Okay. And yeah. the number of salespeople and other people in the building, there was literally like a birthday every week. Yeah. We all got called to the conference room for, it was usually some salesperson I didn't know. And there was always like G cake from Costco or something there. <laughs> yeah. And I came to the conclusion, like if I eat this every time we have a birthday, I'm never going to reach my goals. Right. Yeah. And it became one of those things of, I'm not going to waste my calories on Costco sheet cake. I'm going to make sure it's good. Like you said, hell yes yeah. or hell no. I think that that was a really important, like eye-opening thing that I realized early on that you kind of hit on with that is, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying no to things that are kind of like, I'm just doing this, do it here. Am I going to enjoy it? No, but everybody else is doing it. Right. Yeah. Uh, versus saying yes to the thing you're like, ah. Oh, not wait to eat the pecan pie that my aunt Betty makes every year or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So I kind of want to go back to something and it, it kind of parlays into something you mentioned right out of the gate that I think I want to go back to, and that is the all or nothing mindset. Mm -hmm. I would love to kind of just visit that because I do think in the holiday season, it, it like, that is like the linchpin to a lot of the eating behaviors, either wanted or unwanted, right? It seems yeah. to kind of hold the key, I think, to fitness journey in many ways in general. So, right. you know, with the all or nothing mindset, can you kind of unpack, you know, what, how that shows up with your clients and then like what you have done overcome it and how you help them kind of begin to shift the perspective? Because if I'm watching this and I have that food is good or bad, that all on a black and white kind of thing, you know, what is the piece that they need to start to grasp in order to be able to let go of some of that and kind of shift their perspective with how to approach food and eating? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why my focus is always like, there's no food off limits. And when you have that flexibility, it feels very scary in the beginning but it's like you tell your brain not to do something. And I use this analogy before, I think on my email list, it's like, it's like telling a toddler, like not to run down the aisles at a supermarket. What are they going to do? They're just going to do the total opposite and run down the aisles. Right. But if you tell yourself, like, there's no food off limits versus like, I can't have any sugar in the month of December, that is going to feel a whole lot different <laughs> than allowing more food. So trying to break away of the, the right and wrong foods is kind of like the key thing that I work on with a lot of clients. But a lot of this all or nothing thinking is like, if I can't do it perfectly, then I won't do it at all. And it's either we're completely all in or completely all out. Like I had three extra cookies. Now I'm eating the entire sleeve and then I'm going on to the cheesecake and then I'm going in the next day. And now I'm starting like waiting till January to like restart over. And falling off track isn't a bad thing. I think it's actually a really good thing, especially if, I, if you have a good coach with you, 
to help you kind of get navigate those situations. Because like I said, it's just like riding a bike, like you're meant to fall and you learn from those, those times you do just like anything. So you're able to take these opportunities that you did have a plan in place to, I don't know, say no to the extra drinks that like your aunt is always pushing on you. And then maybe you didn't do that. Then you have like, you can go back to the drawing board and be like, what can I be doing differently? So I think that approach is really helpful just to have no food off limits. And then also to kind of go into it of like, um, I think, what is it like the child's mind, like having a new, like, you know, like giving yourself opportunity to make mistakes and, and allow yourself to like, see what works and what doesn't. And I think what's really helpful with a lot of clients is, you know, they're, um, macro-based clients is that we see that one day of going way over their calories at the end of the day, like end of the week, the averages don't really change that much. And I think seeing that and tracking no matter what, and you get to make a decision, you know, with the holidays and stuff, whether to track or not, but seeing that like one day going over, isn't that big of a deal. And that kind of helps start to break some of that all or nothing thinking. And when you because oftentimes it goes the opposite way. Like I said, like instead of having those three extra cookies, you end up having like entire sleeve and then like 20 things afterwards. Right. So it's all about like allowing yourself a little bit of like failure and to fall off track and then learn from it. And then just notice that, you know, we don't have to be perfect. I think that's the biggest thing is like perfection is like, will sabotage you no matter what, because you're going to try to be perfect. And we're human. (laughs) We are like led by our emotions and it's not always going to be perfect either. I mean, if you think about a batting average, think about how, how successful can you honestly be if every day has to be perfect? Yeah. Like what is your batting average going to be one out of seven, maybe. Right. Like exactly anywhere you're never, you're never going to be, but if you could just do 80%, if you could just do like 60%. Yes. Further along. I love that because you're right. It is, it is this growth mindset, like the child's mindset. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that there's this strong association with failure and dieting and it being yes. such a negative thing. And it's so funny that you're like, no, I want you to fail your diet. This is right. the perfect opportunity. And I don't know how many women actually see failing your diet as an opportunity to learn. Right. Exactly. And I mean, you have to like see failure as a good, like an opportunity for growth because that's how, you know, the most successful people in this world have failed a whole lot, you know, and same thing with my own personal experience. Like you and I have been at this for a long time. So we're going to be more skilled than someone else that has just gotten started. That's just, you know, adjusting their lifestyle to learn how to, you know, say no to that extra, like the, per- the I don't know, drink pusher at the holidays, right? It's like, now it's like, Always we one. don't care about that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now we just set those boundaries. So I feel like there's, you know, and that's another thing is like being able to set boundaries with people of like, you know what? there's a lot of people that feel they want other people to like be at those social events and be eating and doing all the things they do. Cause they feel bad if not. And like being, you know, standing your grounds and having those like conversations, those difficult conversations and setting boundaries is really important too. Cause I feel like we're so used to our own environment. We're in at home. We can have things perfectly, but all of a sudden we're put around all of those same people that we used to like hang out with or drink and do all these things. And of course we're not going to be the same person that we were at home when we have everything perfectly laid out and everything's like ideal. That's right. I love that. Cause that's a perfect segment segue into kind of the next place of fear. Yeah. When it comes to how do I navigate like keeping, keeping things, my weight, managing my weight and the holidays. And that is travel and not just social situations, but people staying with you, 
you staying with other people, or you just traveling, flying, driving, being in another which location, which most uh, like half the people do in the holiday season. So yeah. um, when you're working with your clients and everything, how how do you advise them in terms of navigating on the road, which could just be in the car or in the plane or whatever. And then there's the boundaries and having people with me or me with them. What do I do? Don't I have to eat their food? You know, how does, yeah. how do you go about unpacking that? Yeah. I mean, I take a very like flexible approach. Like I'm not someone who's like, Hey, go take your Tupperware <laughs> to like the, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. That's not going to be very effective. Like we want to have like, and I, oh, I've done that before this year. <laughs> What's that? Some of us may or may not have done that this year. <laughs> well, I've done that before. Right. And I think it depends on like what, what your goals are for the, the time period. Right. And like what makes the most sense for you. Um, I think that comes down to like the individual, right? Because I have some clients that don't want to be doing, they don't want to be as strict. And we have to know that going into that, that may look like a little bit more scale fluctuations, right? Um, But at the same time, we still go back to the same things, being flexible, being intentional with this stuff, pre-planning and and really, again, setting maybe boundaries with yourself and then those people around you. Like asking yourself, what do I want to look like at the end of this like time I travel? And maybe that's going to include packing your stuff. Like, I absolutely think you should be packing food on like, you know, like whether it's like a road trip or somewhere else, because nothing's worse than being on someone else's schedule and then being like starving and and like ready to chew your arm off and then like eating way more than planned. So I think having some sort of stuff, food on hand to set you up for success, but then also you don't aren't required to make other people happy. Like I was talking with a client today. I'm like, you weren't in charge of someone else's feelings. If they're like upset with, you know, like other upset with you or anything like that. Yes. Like, you know, make your own choices, right? I think we're all like adults and we need to be able to make our own choices when it comes to these things. Like what makes sense for me and what am I comfortable with? But if you absolutely like don't enjoy the heavy lasagna at the, where you're going, like maybe you're offering to bring the big salad and like that's happening when you have people come to visit. I think we need to be a little bit flexible to that. Know that's like a seasonal thing and it's, it's going to look a little bit different, but again, going back to being more intentional is going to be the place that we're going to be seeing the most success, like, um, packing food when you're traveling, right. Uh, planning out meals or offering restaurants that are going to be, I don't know, more in alignment to the foods that you're going to be eating, offering to make foods that, you know, you know, will be helpful for you or even eating something different than someone else. And just having that conversation, like right now, I'm really focused on my health and I feel really good. And I know if I have that extra, like serving of lasagna, I'm not going to feel amazing. And I think setting those boundaries are going to be important for you. But again, it's so dependent on where you feel like you need the most focus or what your travel like looks like in general. Yeah. And I think that with the intentionality, like you just said, the focus, like that totally takes perfectionism off the table because it's so easy for someone to be like, well, I need to focus on all of them and do all the things. No, you really don't. You need to focus on one thing that you do really well and that you hold the line on And then Mm -hmm. give yourself grace for some of the other things, because that one thing that you choose to hold the line on will make you feel more successful and you're more likely to show up and do more of the other things versus like, because I I talk to people all the time that are like, well, I failed here in this small little thing. And so I got really frustrated and I just ate all the things, right? It's easy to feel like it's failure if you've got 20 things that you've got to all satisfy while you're staying with your great aunt Bertha, you know? (laughs) And it's like, 
how is that going to work? Right. Right. Yeah. And my thing is like, I, I try to like tell them to have like, maybe like three anchors, right. Or those are like when you're traveling, maybe that's like your walk, your walk, drinking water, and then like try to get some protein in each meal, right. Trying to find these basic like anchors that are going to make you feel good and, and make you feel successful. Right. Or maybe it's like getting to bed at a re- regular time. And I think always having like a nutritional and movement one's really helpful. And then the other one kind of having a little bit of wiggle room or whatever makes sense. Maybe it's self-care. I know when I travel, like I, I'm, I feel like I'm never alone because you'll be have like the kids and the husband and everyone with you. So I'm just like, give me like 10 minutes to myself each day. I don't know. So it's like that small little bucket of self-care time maybe that you need. So I think it's fun having those anchors that you know are the biggest dial movers for you that can set you up for success, especially when you're traveling or you even have people with you and have higher stress. And knowing that stress, like having, being in that like fight or flight mode and like higher stressed is like a different type of like operating system. So, so to speak with like that other side of our brain, that's like gonna make more conscious choices. That's going to be more intentional, the planning side of our brain. So we also want to try to like check our, our stressors and see if we can like try to bring those down a little bit to the other side. 100%. Stress doesn't help with fat loss. Yeah. Let's do that 100%. Yeah. Like the more you can, you can take some things off the table so that it's less stressful for you. Stressing about more things with your weight and food is not going to make this any better. It's going to make. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go either one side of the spectrum or the other, where they're like avoiding the social events, avoiding the travel, avoiding all these things and kind of like hiding away from it versus the other side where we're just like, it's a free for all. It's like, okay, I'll just start back over in January. And then we feel like we're like set back by like three months or something because we put on a whole bunch of weight and that's something we don't want either. It's finding that like messy middle ground to like hang out in. Oh, I know people don't like messy middle, but (laughs) and this is not just good advice for weight loss. Is this just in life? You have to find that messy middle and make peace with it and be like, it's okay. Some is better than none, you know? Yeah. Yes. Last question for you is let's take the scenario that which you kind of just laid out, which is, okay, I went away. I messed up. I wasn't able to keep my anchors. I went off my plan. I now what, right? Because then it's easy if you have, you go in with an intention, it didn't work out the way you intended, whatever. And I'm tempted to just let that failure spiral me into three months of, you know, let's really double down on bad decisions, right? So like, what do you advise when someone comes to you and says, I failed and I messed up and I ate, I don't know. How do you help them get back on track or what, yeah. do, what how do you recover? I guess is my question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's like one, I, I use that as like opportunity for them to like sit down and be reflective and focus on two to three things, two to three things they feel like went really well while they're traveling and while they're out and doing whatever. And then two or three things that they would probably shift for the next time. And that kind of helps you create a little plan in your head mentally of like, okay, like I do see there's a lot more positive things than I thought happened. And I did better than the last time I traveled, but like, there's still little areas of like, I can fix on in in that, like whatever did happen. And I think also going back to your basics, like that's what I always like have talked with clients, like, let's go back to the basics, right? Let's get back to like the the big, the big rocks. We need to focus on like the nutritional side of things, the um, movement, right? A little bit of self-care. So just getting back to feeling the way that you want to feel, because again, 
we do things we we want the scale going down we want to see the body composition changes but we also want to feel good and if you're still like eating a bunch of food that doesn't make you feel good you're going to continue down that spiral so going back and just like getting in more water and giving yourself a little bit of grace i mean the best thing that you can have is more self-compassion and just being recognizing okay it's not that big of a deal we tend to catastrophize like when things like this happen but recognizing that isn't as big as or as bad as we thought it was going to be can be really eye-opening and over time when we we just naturally start to reflect and we naturally start to be more compassionate it becomes more of a habit right so it's like less of that like negative voice on the side of your head and it's more of the positive one and over time i see that with clients consistently like they're like you know what like it wasn't the end of the world, did fall off track, no big deal. But in the beginning, they would have been like made it the hugest deal in the world, but then they can just easily get themselves back. And I almost think it's like driving your car, you're like constantly adjusting. And that's what we're doing with our with our lifestyle and stuff like that. We don't want to completely like run the car off the road because we're just like, that's what we tend to do when we were that all or nothing thinking or something bad happens. And that's not the approach that we want to take. And it's just more like small, small adjustments. I love that. I, I love that analogy of the car, by the way. That's such yeah. a, I made a wrong turn. I'm yeah. just going to crash. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm going to total my car. No, that's that's not what we do. We just, oh, I made a wrong turn. What do I need to do to get back on the right track? Right? Yes. Or how can I learn? Or what do I need to fix? Or whatever. We're, we're not just crashing the car. And something that I was thinking as you were talking about, I was like, oh, yes, the, this, this sounds, you know, this is what I was thinking is that catastrophize. I, I love how you put that because I was just thinking, you know, there's a big difference in how you and I react and think over the years of us doing this over and yes. over and being like, Oh, I overrated the party. Like I would venture to guess that if you and I went to a party and we overindulged, right. Whatever our barometer of that might be. Right. Yeah. Then we would probably get up the next day and be like, okay, well, yeah. Now I remember why I don't do that a lot. I'm just, yep. uh, and we move on, right? It's not like this level 10 end of the world, but to somebody who, who has a belief system where they keep failing and this is a struggle and this is hard, like that one night of overindulging, it's like a level 10. I failed completely. I'll never do like you go to like the worst case scenario versus where you and I would just be like, ah, psh, bump in the road. Okay. Yeah kind of a thing. And, and that seems to kind of be a difference in the mindset and, and maybe even the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think, again, it's, it's almost like a skill, right? It's like, we feel confident about that because we've created that identity of someone who can be successful, again, like growth mindset, like someone who can be successful, that like, this is our lifestyle. I'm someone who's fit and healthy and those types of things where, our old selves are probably like, this is the light. This is the identity of someone who constantly fails and someone who can never stick to anything. And someone who's an all or nothing thinking. And like a lot of that, what we are talking about, like fixed mindset. And, um, I think just small steps is like the only thing that you can do, right. Get really build your confidence in little small areas and then notice how, how much improvement you've made from like the last time. Like if you're making 1% improvement for maybe the last time you did it, then you're, you're moving in the right direction. You know, progress isn't linear and that we're still like moving forward versus like feeling like we're like completely falling off track. Oh, I love that. That is so good. Cause it's so true. And I know that there's probably someone that's kind of sitting there like, but I want to make progress now. If I yeah. keep off track, I'm not going to get to my 20 pound goal by the end of the year, you know, whatever. And it's yeah. like, Part of that too is letting 
go of some of these expectations and allowing it to be, I'm allowing the process to take what it takes. And the more I'm in the process and married to the process versus married to this result, yeah, I'm actually going to get better results because I'm focused on being married to the process, learning and experiencing and getting more consistent. And that's my goal says, I got to lose 12 pounds by January 1st, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, That tends to be where most people focus when they're thinking of weight loss. It's only about the scale and the poundage. And it's very black and white with that. Yeah. And even in each situation, like what was your expectation of yourself when you went into that social event? Like you probably had really high expectations and we just need to lower them a little bit because you're not ready for that piece of it. Right. And telling yourself like, okay, like I'm just making improvements. And I think again, even if we have those like nights that were completely feel like a, a blow it, like if you're in a weight loss phase, I've had clients do that and they were still seeing progress, you know? So it's like, you can still see progress, even if you're not perfect. Judgment just doesn't work. Like, yeah. I, like if, if judgment like actually helped you improve, we would be the best judges. Like we would <laughs> judge you into submission. Yeah. That, that just never seems to work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And I mean, negative self-talk never gets you anywhere. You know, I think the more compassionate you can be with yourself and just check, you know, like ask yourself, like, would I treat a friend like this? Like, what would I tell a friend if she told me exactly what happened here? Like you would, you wouldn't be saying the same stuff you say to yourself. No, no, not at all. But you're one person who doesn't deserve it. Right. Cause we all mm-hmm. hear that. But I don't yeah. It. Oh yeah. I know you're the one person who doesn't deserve it. Right? <laughs> it's funny. We have different rules for everybody else. And mm-hmm. then we have ourselves and and we're never our own worst critic our own worst enemy and i love that you touched on that because it really is mental it really all comes down to which is part of the growth mindset like all comes down to how you talk to yourself and being more compassionate and, I, and i'm sure that feels like an oxymoron to so many people like what i'm supposed to be more compassionate that's how i'm supposed to just forgive myself and that's how yeah I'm gonna- even get better than, then where's the incentive. Right. But right. it really works that way. Like we became more compassionate and more curious about why did I make that decision? Yeah. And that's how you change over time. 100. Yes. Oh, oh, I love it. It's such a, I love that part of your coaching and part of your genius with it is that mindset piece because, yeah. uh, you know, I always tell people and you can tell me your perspective on this. I could give you the best macro plan because we're macro coaches and we do flexing, flexible dieting and we can write out, here's your macros to hit, here are your calories. We can carb cycle. We're going to carb cycle on the weekends. We're going to this or that. I can give you the best plan so that you could shred fat if you like do it every single day, right? Like a professional. But if the mindset isn't there, it doesn't matter what gets written out. You're not going to follow it. You're just not. Yeah. Yeah. And I made the mistake years ago when I first started tracking, I mean, coaching was that I would thought that's all I need to do with people. And I'm like, why aren't they following through? Because I didn't realize how much mindset and lifestyle really was involved in all of that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. We went to a lot of places, but I feel like they're the biggest places when it comes to weight loss. And at the holiday season, we get confronted with them all, which is such a great yeah. gift. <laughs> yeah. So if somebody wanted to find out more about your coaching programs or just be able to kind of get more nuggets of wisdom because your content is fantastic. I love seeing you on Instagram and I Thank love you. stuff you post on Facebook because you really is really quality stuff. How can someone get in touch with you? How can someone follow you or work with you? 
Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Kim R. Platt, P-L-A-T-T. And then I have a Facebook group if you want to join that. It's Macros, Metabolism, and Fat Loss. And then, of course, you can always go to my email list. I do about like three emails a week. And then also, um, if you want to do coaching, want to learn more about that, you can go to my uh, website. It's riseandthrivenutrition.com. Awesome. And I will also make sure I'll add some links to all of the show notes within the podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I hope you have a happy holiday and a very Merry Christmas. 